Well, good morning, New Hope. Thank you for joining us for this service today. My name is Hannah, and I'm one of the pastors here. And I'm Mike, and I'm one of the pastors here. <laughs> and I'm Denise, and I'm one of the new pastors here. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys, what a coincidence. We're all here. We're we all, all showed pastors. Up. Pastor buddies here. Oh, <laughs> so great. Well, if you are new to New Hope or have been coming for a couple of weeks online and want to learn a little bit more about the community, we would love to be in touch with you. You can go to our website at newhopepdx.org slash connect and fill out a brief form and we'll just be in touch with you. We'll send you a little welcome gift and say hello, but we're glad that you're here. Now, if you are watching this on Sunday, it is Sunday, December 27th, and we are coming to the end of a wild year. And one of the wild things for us in this whole process has been the adoption of Mount Scott Church. This is a conversation that's been going on for months. And guess what? We are at that point where it is almost officially official. <laughs> so just to let you know, we are on schedule to actually close on this formal merger on December 31st, just a few days away. Um, this has really been an incredible journey. God has been in it from the beginning. We've had amazing support from other churches, and from all of you as well. Uh, many people have been serving on teams and we're just grateful for all of that. So on January 1st, we are officially one church together, the new New Hope, um, which means that all of the things that we were separately are now together, including our staffs. So all, all of the, the Mount Scott staff are now gonna be New Hope staff starting January 1st, six wonderful people that we are so excited about. Um, it means that we have a new property now that we share together, the new New Hope uh, over, over um, off of Mount Scott. And it's just an incredible thing that God is doing. And with all of that, we want to enter into this time really well. And so that's why we're giving you one last reminder on year-end giving. Just a few days left before the end of the year, especially if you're kind of thinking about how that affects your taxes, you have until the 31st of December. As long as your check is dated by then and postmarked if you mail it in by then, or you could just give online. Go to newhopepdx.org slash give. All the instructions are on there for how you can give. Um, and that'll just help set us up well as a church as we're taking on all of these new responsibilities in our adoption process. Thanks, Mike, for just even talking about that. We are excited, the six of us coming from Mount Scott to join such a fabulous staff. So thanks for your welcome today. We also want to mention one other way that uh, we're extending time for you to give to complete the Advent giving this year. I think most of you probably know we were offered a matching gift so that every dollar that we give towards this three, supporting three great organizations and ministry happening in our city, and you can give online uh, through January 3rd or drop it off at the church office, and you can go to newhopepdx.org slash give to do that. Well, we recognize that this service is a little different. We don't normally have this kind of couchy feel during our services, but we wanted to take this unique time of year 
in this unique time of our church's life just to just to have a, a little moment together that's a bit different. And specifically what we'd like to do during this service is to get to know you, Denise, more yes. a little bit as Denise is going to be joining our leadership team here at New Hope as well as just to, to share a bit about our hopes for, for moving into this next year together. So Denise, we'd love to just chat with you a little bit and sure. ask you some questions. We'll do some, you know, we're just going to grill you. Hot, Hard questions, hey. right? Hot seat. Ooh, here we go. Yeah, right. yeah. Okay. I actually brought the awkward questions. Those oh, are the ones this that, is great. Right. So yeah. this is you. great. Okay. Yes. <laughs> as long as I can have a few too. Uh, absolutely. Okay, great. Okay. Can I have awkward answers too? <laughs> Please. Yes. I'm so excited. First off, Denise, we would love to know just a little bit about your family. Who are your family and, and where are you from? Just kind of that, okay. that basic information. Okay. Yeah. Sure. So I'm married to Fred Douglas and uh, we've been married for 27 years, almost 28. We live here in the Clackamas area. And Fred worked with Youth for Christ for 40 plus years in this area. We have two sons, Eric and Brian. They're 25 and, and 23. They're both, yay, uh, successfully employed <laughs> in the Portland area. One's a uh, works with Stryker as a salesperson. He designs and sells operating rooms. And then our other one, other son is an ER nurse at Providence. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's my current family. I actually, where I'm from, I grew up in Southeast Colorado on a farm. My dad was a, a farmer and my mom was a high school English teacher. I have an older brother and, um, yeah. It was kind of fun learning that you were married to, to Fred because I went to Clackamas high school uh, just here in town and Fred was super involved at Clackamas when I was there. And so I didn't, I didn't know him personally at the time, but he was always a presence around the school. So that was a cool connection to make. Cool. I feel like I'm the only person in the Portland area who doesn't know Fred. Yeah, Douglas, you probably so are. <laughs> should probably like remedy that. I think in we some, should. Yeah, in some way. we will. Yeah. yeah. So you grew up on a farm. Mm -hmm. Your sons are both in the medical profession in some way, but right. you are a pastor. You're in pastoral ministry. So why pastoral ministry? Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about you know, what, what has shaped that calling for you in your life? Sure. And that's, it's kind of cool the way you set that up because actually no one else in my family had ever been in pastoral ministry. Uh, so, so I am kind of the odd ball out. Uh, but I would say I felt a real strong call to ministry in my teen years when I really, I had walked through some tough times, uh, with severe scoliosis and I was pretty ticked with God over that and walked away for a time. But when my heart came back, it just, I was all in. And I fell in love with the living Bible, kind of, you know, the 70s version of today's, uh, the message. And I just loved the word and ate it up and was fascinated with God and the story that, that God loves humanity. I got uh, really involved with my youth group. I was asked to speak occasionally in our church. And, and over time, some significant voices began to speak into my life and say, we see a calling, we see a gifting. And, and I knew it, God made it really clear. So that was the beginning of my call around 16 years old. I knew that was the path that I would be on. No, that's great. Any stories that you could share that, you know, have kind of been a part of that in, in your life? I think that, well, I could share a lot of stories, but I was reflecting that one of the things I think our call changes over time in some ways. And I, one of the ways I found God reshaping me, 
he planted a seed, I think, in my very first position as a youth pastor in Albany, Oregon. And, you know, I was so excited, just freshly out of college. And I was loving the kids I was working with. But one day I was sitting in my office, I think six months in, and it just, it, it, it kind of just hit me. This is what ministry is. It, it was all focused inside uh, the walls. And I loved inside the walls. I loved those people. But in that moment, I felt a real heart tug to be outside the walls with, I, I have a firm belief that the church should intersect with the world continually rather than walking just parallel to the world. So it's been just in the last decade that God's really opened some of those doors for that, what feels like a natural calling to just be with our community. And I am so excited because it's not just my life. I see God doing that. God's moving the church mm. to intersect more with the world. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's awesome. So you mentioned, you know, you've had these, these relationships and people that have spoken into your life and helped kind of even call out this, mm -hmm. this, these ministry gifts in you. And I'm curious, you know, another way that we're super formed is through reading, through literature, through books. And so right. who are some of those authors that have shaped who you are today and maybe some fiction ones, some nonfiction. Yeah. Who are some of those voices? Okay. I think one of the most significant first verse uh, voices outside of scripture that really began to speak to me and shape me spiritually was that of Richard Foster. Uh, I think I, I found a, just such a connection, a, a kind of like a found a home in his in his writings where he helped me know that spirituality is not just in the head but it's really experiential mm -hmm. and that God really walks with us and loves us and wants wholeness in our lives and and lays a path out for us to practice mm -hmm. and do that. So Richard Foster has definitely been a voice uh, over the decades. Of course, new voices come. And in the last decade, probably N.T. Wright, like so many of us, uh, love his teaching. And I've and, you know, if something controversial comes up, I just I'm like, well, I wonder what N.T. Wright thinks yeah. about this, yeah. you know? That's great. And so definitely uh, those are a couple of, of voices. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, Ruth Haley Barton has been significant for me as a as a, as a woman uh, leading in spirituality. And she's written on leadership and taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And so those are three voices. Uh, uh, but my absolute favorite fiction author is Jan Karen, who wrote many of you, I'm sure, are familiar with the Mitford series and the Father Tim novels. And she helped me see a pastor who is so real mm -hmm. and loves people so deeply and is moved by Jesus, but has so many quirks and insecurities and a dysfunctional family. And man, he just feels so real. So... I, I haven't read those Thanks. ones. I'll have to. Oh, I'll have to, I know. I'll I'm have to so excited to pick them up. Yes, yes. Yes. So please do. You will. I convert know. me to the Mitford uh, series. It won't be hard. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna love it. I'm sure. I mean, that was all nice. The correct answer was somebody who wrote the Bible. That's what oh, we were looking geez. for. As a, I just, yeah. <laughs> no, you won me over with Richard Foster, and I went to George Fox. So I've got that Quaker, exactly. Quaker in me too. So yeah. that's great. All right. Well, now that all hearts are clear. Oh. <laughs> Quaker jokes. Nice job. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Way to go. So you're, you're going to be on the new hope staff now as the pastor of care and justice. You're going to be working closely with Jerry Schmidt over care for the church people in the church. 
Um, but then also with Emily Greco and how we interface with the community around us as well in, in the area of justice. So that's a big, uh, big role, a lot of responsibility there. But what are you what are you excited about the most with that? Well, I think one of the nice things about this position, besides I'm so excited to work with with this leadership team, is that I have it's kind of the dual pastoral care, which is so I'm at home there. It's comfortable. Uh, and I get to work with Jerry Schmidt, who I've been aware of for decades as such a stalwart pastoral care person at New Hope. And so I'm anxious and just excited to learn from him and work with him. Then this whole other side of justice and community that feels like a that's an unknown for me. I mean, it's it's like I shared, it's my heart to be in community, but I think I'm gonna learn a lot from from Emily and her team and I think we're gonna learn a lot together just because of the times in which we live. And I think that's where we're gonna really see God teach us a lot. Mm-hmm. When we we're working in an area where we can't say, Oh, I've got this. I don't we don't got this. Mm-hmm. The church hasn't had this well. So I'm anxious and excited to to do it together because I'm not doing it alone. Yeah. So. Well, you know, one of the things I remember from some of our first conversations with mm-hmm. you and with Mount Scott was for me being really impressed by the intentionality that Mount mm-hmm. Scott has had, particularly in the last five years, yeah. to work outside the walls of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that your leadership has been, you know, obviously a very significant part of that at Mount Scott. So what you're bringing into this role just to continue to build up what we're doing in the broader community around us Mm -hmm. is going to be significant. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Mike. Thanks. It's been one of the biggest joys of my ministry Mm -hmm. is the last five years getting Mm -hmm. out in the community. That's great. Because there's just a lot of cool people God created, right? Right. Totally. That was kind of one of the first sort of alignment points, I think, too, Mm -hmm. as we were exploring this, this possibility of an adoption was, was that heartbeat for, for reaching out. And I I think you you shared it before of not just in service, but in partnership, you know, and wanting to be working alongside those in the community. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Yeah. I'm really grateful and excited for that and excited to see what unfolds with that. So, Denise, yes, we are finishing up an interesting year, yeah. year 2020, and we are looking to an unknown future. We're looking mm-hmm. ahead to year 2021 as a new church, and we would love to take this moment just to hear a little bit from you on kind of what do you, what do you want to say to okay. our, our new church family? Okay. Well, one of the things we talked about as as a leadership team is how how can we emerge from this year 2020 with a really strong sense of hope. And so I began to reflect on that and I looked back, you know, over the year and I think let's let's go clear back to the very beginning of this year and it found New Hope Church and Mount Scott Church with some pretty big decisions to make. And uh, kind of in a practical material sense, those decisions had to do with things like property and our buildings and and what we were going to do. But I want us to know that just you know kind of underneath that and and really encapsulating the material is the spiritual and the holistic uh, portion of those decisions. And really, those decisions had more to do with discernment of what God was saying to us of of 
stewardship? Would we do well with what was in our hands? And faith, would we have the faith to to step into what God was calling us to do? And in the Gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, where we really get to look at some of the disciples, Peter stands out to me as he just had a heartbeat for Jesus. You can just tell he wore it on his sleeve. He loved Jesus. He he admired Jesus. He wanted to be all in. And I really believe that Jesus saw that in Peter. And he kept calling him out, kept calling for him to, to step into that. And in Matthew 14, there's that passage that many of you may be familiar with where Jesus invites Peter in the middle of a threatening storm, in the cover of darkness, to step out of the safety of the boat that he was in and walk on the water with him. And Peter bravely got out of the boat. We so often just skip past that in that story. And I think we just, let's just sit there for a little bit. Peter he threw his legs out over the edge of that boat and he stepped into the wildness of the storm. Mm. Our two congregations stepped out of the boat this year. Mm. New Hope, you guys stepped out, left the building. It was a big boat we stepped out <laughs> of. It was out. a ship. It was a cruiser. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but you did it. You stepped out of the boat at kind of a, a crazy time, and you did that courageously, left a, a place that some of you worship for decades. And then Mount Scott Church, at the very beginning of the pandemic, we lost a purchase sales agreement to sell some of our property. And so then it was our turn to to kind of get brave. And we bravely opened our hands and entered into a conversation with New Hope about the possibility of a merger. So um, as I think about those, those two, our two congregations, just like Peter, we've taken steps in the middle of a dark, stormy night. Hmm. You know, we, this year, 2020, we've been in the middle of a, a pandemic that we, oh boy, we thought we would be done by what, May, maybe August, definitely December. And here we still, here we still are, a raging pandemic. We have stepped into the storm, stepped out of our boats in the time when uh, much of the country is divided. And in, unfortunately, in some cases, even the church mm-hmm. is divided and so I think we we want to ask the question, what, what might there be about our story this year and about the God that we know that might help us emerge from this year with great hope? One of my heroes, another author, actually would be Corey Tin Boom that I've uh, been shaped by and appreciated her ministry. She, she was a Holocaust survivor. She said, never be afraid of an unknown future because we have a known God. In the craziest year that most of us have ever experienced in our lifetime, God's actually done some pretty incredible things. Mm-hmm. And really, when you think about it, in, in reality, the future is always unknown. But right now, there seems to be a heightened awareness that we don't know what tomorrow brings. Mm-hmm. 
will, uh, first of all, like for just really personally, how is this blending of our two churches going to go? How is the Biden administration going to change the culture of our country? Will somebody that I love bring it home more personally? You know, will somebody I love get COVID and get really, really sick or die with it? Will our economy tank? There's just so many unknowns in our culture right now. And here's what I want us to kind of to grab a hold of today. For some of us who have followed Jesus, whether it's a short time or especially those of us who have followed Jesus for decades, we have the advantage of experience. We have a known God. And so we need to just be reminded, what do we know about this God? Um, in the Old Testament, the Israelites told their faith stories over and over again. They marked their God moments, didn't they? Mm-hmm. They marked them with feasts and celebrations and with fasts and with prayer and observances. They And they did this so that they themselves and future generations would have it so deep in their DNA that they knew who God was, that God was God was faithful to their people always. God was never not faithful. So one of the ways I think that we can emerge from 2020 as hopeful people is to follow that pattern of the Old Testament, to acknowledge and to rehearse and to celebrate uh, what God has done. And for collective, collectively for us, this very story of God's faithfulness to two congregations in the middle of a crazy year to take us, to call us out of those boats. And then we stepped out and then brought us together, creating a stronger church body, creating more opportunities for us than we've ever had before, enabling us to serve and to grow and to thrive better together than apart. And I think let's hold on to that. Let's let's acknowledge God's place in this. Mm-hmm. Let's rehearse it often. Let's look back and say, yeah, but God, mm-hmm. you know, that 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 phrase. Didn't somebody preach a sermon on that recently? Mm-hmm. But God, that mm-hmm. phrase. You know, this, this, and this happened, but God. Then God did this. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of uh, this crazy year, God has shown himself faithful to us as two churches becoming one. So if you're listening today, I would just ask, you know, what are ways that, that, where's God shown up for you this year? How have you seen God be faithful? How has God been faithful in your family? How have you experienced that this year? I know for our family, I have some pretty big ones where God has shown up and been faithful. And so could we commit together that as we even celebrate the new year, that we look back over 2020 and we we acknowledge and we rehearse and we celebrate mm-hmm the ways that God has been faithful. And I, as a leadership team, I know we want to invite you into that process to, to reflect on this year as hard as it's been. And nobody wants to make light of that or to sugarcoat that. Some of you have experienced hardships that, um, that have broken our hearts as we've watched you walk through those. But we invite you, even in the midst of that, to pay attention to what you know about God. And one way to do that, to pay attention to your God moments, is to acknowledge, rehearse, 
and celebrate. And one way to do that, that's something I've done in the last couple of weeks is start paying attention to those end of the year reports that we all get from nonprofits. If you acknowledge or if you support any nonprofit, you're going to get an end of the year report. They're really encouraging to read. Mm. And uh, because I think I'm looking for God this year, I'm sure everybody is. And that's one place I also found reading my friends' newsy Christmas family letters. If I pay attention, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of God stories out there. So just want to encourage you to, to look for those God moments and acknowledge and rehearse and celebrate. I don't know about you guys. On my phone, I use on my devices, I use the YouVersion Bible app. They're uh, just this week, they uh, posted 2020 in review. And God did unprecedented things with that Bible app this year. They said 52 million, which is unprecedented for one year, 52 more million people downloaded that Bible app this year and 22 new downloads for the kids Bible um, on devices. So just, just pretty exciting stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, but it's not all easy and we've, we've all struggled this year. I think if anybody doesn't say they've struggled, I, I would be surprised. And if you look back to the story that I talked about at the beginning, Matthew 14, when Peter steps out of that boat bravely, we all know what, if you're familiar with the story, you know what happens next. He falters. He starts to go under. And uh, I find deep encouragement that even when we falter, what happened? he cried out immediately and Jesus was there. And he reaches out and he rescues Peter from those waves. And uh, I like that. I'm thankful for that because it, his what Jesus did in that moment was bear witness to the disciples that were still in the boat, because it says in Matthew, he says, when Peter faltered and cried out, Jesus immediately reached out for Peter and asked in the process, why did you doubt me? And then the next verse says, they got back in the boat and the disciples worshiped Jesus in that moment and said, you really are the son of God. And the encouraging piece for me in that is that God uses even our times of doubt and the times that we falter to highlight who he really is. He steps in and reaches out and does the rescuing. So I invite you to purposefully emerge, hopeful. Maybe we can make a covenant, a commitment together that we're going to choose to emerge from 2020 full of hope because we serve a known God, even though we have uh, an unknown future. So let's rehearse just a little bit what we do know about God. We know that God loves the world genuinely, generously, and unendingly. We know that one of his names, we just walked through the Christmas season, is Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God is always with us. He is always for us. He desires our wholeness and our shalom. So maybe you're listening today, though, and you think, I don't know that God is faithful, and you don't. You don't have any idea if God is faithful or if he's fickle. And one of the things I love about Jesus in the Gospels is whenever people don't know, but they're a little bit curious about him, he just says, come and see. You decide. And so I think we want to be that at New Hope for people. If people are just a little curious or you want to find out, you know, is God faithful? 
just come and see. You decide for yourself, and we want to walk with you in the process. Well, I want to pull you, Hannah and Mike, back into the conversation because I want to hear perhaps some of the, the things that you do in life. What are your practices, especially in a crazy year like this has been, that continue to ignite your faith in such a year? Can you share some thoughts and ideas from that for us? Yeah. Go for it, Mike. Oh, oh. <clears throat> I was going to say ladies first, but, um, uh, yeah, you know, I think for me, uh, hope always comes back to Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and especially in a tumultuous time like this, it's like, all right, what is the anchor? What is the thing that I can look to that is more solid than anything else? That's more solid than my circumstances, mm-hmm more solid than my feelings, the things that I'm experiencing even internally, and that's Jesus. Um, And it's not just, you know, the name Jesus, it's the person of Jesus, which is this, you know, the, the, the word of God and, and the, and this incredible expression of God's love, right? It says that this is the way that God loved the world by sending his only son, Jesus. And so it's in that love of God, through Jesus, that that is going to be hope every single time. So for me, the practice, which is so simple more than anything else, is the stopping and the reminding myself to turn back to Jesus right now. Mm. Whatever's happening, I just need to turn back to Jesus uh, right now. Mm. There's um, there's this passage that has always been, since I've come to faith, has always just been very influential for me in my life. And it's um, in John, John 17, and it's where Jesus is praying to the Father. And he says, he says, um, uh, I've made your name known and will make it known mm. so that the love that you have for me will be in them and I in them. Mm. And I think that that, you know, when I think about hope for this next Mm -hmm. year, Mm -hmm. one, you have love, the love of God in that passage. And so that is our hope. But you also have this idea of making the name of God known. Mm -hmm. And so my hope for 2021 and for the new new hope is that we are a church that makes the, the name of God and the love of God known to the community all around us. Um, I, and I think that that, you know, to be able to be that church of great influence in our community uh, where people look to us and say, well, that's a good place. Mm-hmm. They are a loving, caring place. Mm-hmm. I see God in them um, mm-hmm. is going to be is going to be what we see from this adoption process as we just become a better, better church together. That's awesome. Thank you, Mike. That's really well said. Yeah. Hannah, what about you? Yeah, you know, I. I think pretty similarly, Mike, to what, what you were saying about in as times become even more and more complex or tumultuous or whatever, I feel like that's the more simple I have to go. You know, it, the, I kind of start, uh, what's that expression when there's a storm, you trim the sails or trim the sails and just kind of get simple. So I would say that's probably a big practice for me is just simplifying, simplifying my schedule, which hasn't been probably very hard for all of us Mm -hmm. to do. You know, our schedule has actually been simplified in some ways. I think that's been a a great gift of this year is 
I think that's one of the things we can celebrate about this year. Exactly. That it it did become more simple in some way. Absolutely. Making more room Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. the, yeah, to focus on. So simplifying in in time, simplifying in my, in my heart and, and what I'm focusing on and, and even simplifying in prayer, Uh, just letting there be just a, a space in each day where I just, can be like, okay, here I am, God, and I know you're here too. And just letting that be, letting that be enough. That recentering is kind of what I'm, what I was gathering from what you were sharing too, of on who Jesus is and where Jesus is, which is right here, right now. And, um, and we can count on that. Yeah. That's great. You know, a thought that just came to mind with all of that though, is that, you know, in order for that, what you and I are saying to really be effective, it has to be tied to what you were saying, Denise. And that is, knowing God and trusting who he is because we've had that experience where he's proven to be loving and faithful. And so because of something in the past that's happened that we have acknowledged and rehearsed and celebrated Mm. now at that point where we do need a little centering, Mm. we're centering it on who we know God to be because of what we've seen him do in our past. Right. Right. Thank you. And that's a good, that's a good tie in. And as Mike has said, our hope lies in Jesus. It's It always returns back to the person of Jesus, and he has proven himself over and over uh, to be our hope and the hope of the world. So that's a, a good tie-in to invite all of us to the table. We want to give you opportunity to gather your communion elements, and let's talk a little bit m- more about who Jesus is as the hope of our lives. Yeah. Can I wrap us up in prayer? Here? Yeah, please. Okay. Please join us in prayer. Our loving Father, God, you are so good to us. God, help us to see your goodness. Especially, I pray for all of those who are watching this that are experiencing hard circumstances right now. Father, would you reveal your goodness to them in the midst of their difficult circumstances, Mm -hmm. that they would have confidence to know how much you love and care for them and how close you are to them, Emmanuel, God, with us. You are close to them right now. I pray, Father, for your church here um, as these two churches come together. Uh, Father, would, would through the power of your spirit, would you make us um, a church where people are formed into the image of Christ, um, into the image of your Son, and where the people around will see how good you are um, because of the work that you're doing in your church here. So make us in a, in an, a church of impact in the community around us here. Mm. And I pray now also for Denise and for the rest of the Mount Scott staff as they join the New Hope team. I pray, Father, for your blessing on them. I pray, God, that you would give them fruitful ministry in this place as we all work together serving under you, Jesus, as our King. And we look to you for everything, and we love you, and we thank you. Amen. Amen. Amen.